This is the Lawyer's View podcast. This is the Lawyer's View podcast. Welcome to this week's Lawyer's View, and I'm Laurie, your host, and this week with me we have Mr Jordan Walker. Hi, Laws, has it really been a week since I last saw you? I know, I've missed you, I've missed you like a lot. Flies, doesn't it, when you're in lockdown? I mean, what more could you ask? And uh, it's nice to see you brought two friends along with you as well, Jordan, as well. Tweedledum and Tweedledee. <laughs> exactly, my friends. Heard they're rugby fans as well, Kevin Sinfield. Anyway, we're digressing. And with us this week making a return is Mr Christopher Patrick. Evening, gents. How are you doing? You all right? Ah, uh, not so bad. Right. How are we doing, gents? Right. This week, not a massive amount of news. Fair bits and pieces. Magic weekend looks like it's going to get moved. Maybe it's the summertime. We don't know. As with most of the fixtures, we might get reduced. What do you reckon, guys? Are we thinking it's going to be a bit of a, a chaotic mess or how are we seeing it going? Just play everybody once, home and away. I mean... <laughs> I know it's they're going to lose a loop fixtures, which is another loss of income they couldn't they could possibly do without. And you, you know, there's a World Cup at the end of the year still at the time of press. You know, like England's England's going to need some help. Not people, not them playing. You know, Friday, Tuesday, every single week all season. It's not, not going to work. Just have it play each other once. How, how are we going to be guaranteed that we're going to be able to play in Newcastle in say July? I mean. It, how are they going to even maybe get the fans in? We don't know, do we? That's the awkward thing, isn't it? I can't see a dramatic amount of fans this side of the autumn. I, I just, it'd be unnecessary, wouldn't it, to move it to July or, you know, very start of August and then it, and it go ahead and fans still not be there. It doesn't seem like a good option to me. Chris, what do you think? Do you think this could be a bit of a, a bit of a, well, how can we put it, a conundrum that we don't really know what to do with? Yeah, it's a tough one, isn't it? I mean, it'd be a bit weird having a magic weekend behind closed doors anyway, because the whole point of a magic weekend is obviously it's a fans festival. Um, I completely agree with Jordan's point anyway, because, um, you know, playing a team home and away just once, you know, just doing that over the course of the season, obviously it makes sense. But, um, I mean, that was something I, I want to bring up later on. One of my pet peeves with rugby league at the moment is the, uh, the loop fixtures that I've mentioned before. I just don't see any point in them. Um, but yeah, um, just sort of going back to the original point, yeah, I, I think it's going to be a tough one. I think um, maybe for this year, it's, it's a bit of an uncertain thing to have a Magic Weekend event, especially if you want fans going into St James's Park. I could probably say, I don't know, I've just got a feeling maybe it's going to get cancelled this year and then see how we go next season. I think we should. Imagine, right, this is how I would do it. RFL, if you need anybody to market this, I'm your man. Next year, go to Newcastle, say June, have a massive pie where we can help everybody go, everybody's safe, have a big festival, music and stuff. It'd be a great laugh, wouldn't it? You know, make a proper call it, like, instead of Magic Weekend, how about Party Weekend, where at least we're all, everyone's, hopefully, touch wood, everyone's all right. Would that make sense? Or is that me being a bit too... No, it would. But the thing is with the Magic Weekend is the obvious logistical issue of the fact that they're not going to allow an event where fans are going from all around different tiers in the country to go and sit in the same stadium all weekend. That's exactly like, it. That's exactly you know, how I've been. You know, we, we might be, probably will be back in the stadiums by then, but I don't think you'll see any away supporters till probably next season. I, I just don't see anywhere that it's possible to get any fans in. Yeah, it's going to be a little bit of a mess. I think in that one. Yeah. I, um, I think we'll. I think we'll sort of start off having reduced. You know, we'll go back to reduced capacity. You know, so many fans going to one game, so many fans going to another. Unfortunately, it's going to be a ballot in it. Um, you know, you might be lucky and see Wigan at home, or you might end up getting Lee at home. It's just how it's going to be. But um, I, mean, I take that. Um, yeah, Eddie Rugby will be happy with that. Don't mind. Yeah, yeah, I mean, put it this way. I mean, I'll, I'll never complain ever again about going to Wakefield, Cass. Lee or wherever, just, just get me back in the stands. I just well, can't wait to be there. Maybe Cass. I mean, you know, well, on a cold, wet Friday night. Yeah, maybe not. I don't know. It's a good point, though, but I'm sure we'll come up to with more magic stuff later on in the show, I can imagine, already. Um, the other few bits of news regarding players, we've uh, heard that there's been... Well, it's been denied in the last few hours, but uh, Mr Falau 
Catalans. There was rumours that he won't come back. The club can't get in touch with him. It's been denied. What do we reckon, boys? Is this a case of uh, another stunt being played or is he kind of uh, going to find something else to do? Is this actually true then? Is this just... Uh, well, they basically put a statement out about four o'clock, Callan's going, oh, we're in touch with him. He's got a family issue. Um, he might might have trouble coming back in terms of COVID restrictions. I don't know. Is this another... What do you reckon? Is this another chapter to add to the... Uh, you know what? Um, I really couldn't care less about him. If he wants to stay there, then let him stay <laughs> there. It's, you know, it's obviously caused a lot of controversy. Um, you know, Catalans knew what they were taking on when they signed him. Don't get me wrong, he's, he's been a great player. they They've taken him when he's he's left. He's been in the wilderness. He's left rugby union. They've given him a you know given him a decent contract. But it seems like he might be doing a bit of uh, Jimmy Seguiaro and staying at home. But for me, working in Costa. Yeah, yeah, in Costa. Yeah, for me, now he can he can stay in Australia for all I care. Yeah, I think he's one of those which is probably as that it sounds. It's um, it's not worth the um, well, not worth the attention. Maybe I don't know. I mean. He's a bit of a uh, chartered well, sort. I mean, I mean, it'd be interesting to see what his thoughts are on um, on how COVID died. Anyway, I think that's a different podcast. Or... I, de- I think that's a different area. That's a different. Yeah. Podcast, don't, don't mention the c word on this podcast. I've had enough of it. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's it. No more mentions tonight. Type c word. Right, we're going to play a little game, gentlemen. Right, are you ready? Who can say the new Rhino signing surname? I can, purely, because I listened to him do it on the Yorkshire Post website. Yeah. <laughs> go, George. Off you go, lad. Vuniyayawa. Am I right? I yes. think you pretty much, yeah. Smashed it. So, just, uh, just remember, it's got, so it's Vuni, and then Yaya, as in Toure, and then Wan, and you, you, you're Yeah, there we go. Right, there I've go. said it. Yeah, thanks, mate. <laughs> I so, mean, whether or not it's as easy after eight pints, I don't know. But I know, we'll, that's we'll, it. That's what's going to be fun. Um, an interesting <laughs> signing by Leighton. What do you reckon? I don't know anything about him to be honest, but you, as somebody said that I seen online the other day, like we've picked him up on the cheap. He's a twelve-month option, so if it if it works out great, let's sign him up on a better contract longer term. But if it doesn't, we've lost nothing, have we? And yeah. We haven't got in, in, like, in years gone by where we've had people that haven't delivered tied into long contracts. So it's a win-win, isn't it? Really. By the sounds yeah. of it, he appears to be nor- like from when he was playing county games. You say well, county, you know, like what we'd class as lower league. Um, he seems to be very good, and he's played he played quite a few games for well, five games last year for New Zealand Warriors. It could be a really good idea. It could be a good signing. I mean, he's yeah. he's a Fiji international. I I think for me, it's a no brainer. Um, it seems like the deal might have been brought together maybe very quickly towards the back end of last year, losing uh, see a man of I said that correct. Um, Someone's yeah. got a dictionary. I know. <laughs> what attempts? What's going on? Um, I mean, for, for me, it's it's a one-year deal. It's a win-win. Um, if it doesn't work out, so be it. It could be a possible stopgap. But he's potentially playing to be in the World Cup next year. He's playing for a you know maybe further extension with Leeds, or he's, he's playing for a contract back in the NRL the following season. If it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. But we've, we've definitely got to give him a chance. I mean, I can understand why. Some fans can be a little bit underwhelmed by it. You know, we don't really know much about him. He's 25, he's played, I think, five first-team games. I mean, reading into it, I think it was it, it was like quite into rugby union. And then he watched um, Jared Hayne in the 2008 World Cup. That got him into rugby league. Um, the, the only thing that sort of strikes me as a bit strange, though, is like last year, he was one of the four players, was he not, who was sent home back to New Zealand because he was missing his family. But yet then he's coming over to England next season to play. So it's like, well, good luck to him. But is, is he coming over with some family? You know, you think, is it going to work out for him over here? Yeah, I mean, it's one of those where you automatically think to yourself, we've given a one-year contract. Um, it's almost like if he doesn't settle in or he doesn't, it's a no, we've not lost out on anything if that happens. I don't know about you. We can always is- play one of the youngsters. I don't know. They seem a really, really good set of lads, don't they, this team, actually? So I think they'll, you know, hopefully help him, hopefully help him settle in. I mean, look at the likes of, um, you know, Reese that came over and, um, and and Conrad and all that. And, you know, they're all in like a, a, a big gang together if you see them on social media, aren't they? They seem to be having a really good time. So fingers crossed they'll get him get him over and he'll, he'll settle in and, and, and deliver the goods on the field. Like, obviously, at 25-year-old, having not made many NRL appearances, you're probably coming for a reason, aren't you, as well? And, and probably the right one. It's not like you're getting... 
a 33 year old who just wants a few quid. It's, it's a young lad who Probably wants to make his name in the game. And we can we can um, Did you see his interview with Phil Daly? So I, I think he came across really well, and you know he, he was saying he's, he's playing for um, potentially another year at Leeds. I mean, he's obviously you know saying the right things. He's not going to turn on and say, "Well, I'm, I'm having a year here and I'm, I'm going to go back home." But um, I, you know, I think give him a chance. You know, he's he's here to play games, and he so you know, let's see what he can do. Us as well. I mean, as that's it sounds, the experience is going to be good for him. But it's also, I mean, we're not trying to promote Fiji here, but it might help Fiji as well because. I mean, he's a young lad who's learning and obviously with Fiji playing here in the World Cup, it could be an interesting thing for them as well, couldn't it? It could almost be a... Might be doing groundwork, you never know. I may be looking too much into it. I don't know. Who knows? I don't know. Right, so, gentlemen, we'll come to the main point of this week's show. Now, we put a tweet out earlier this week and uh, we're on about... Well, we decided this could either go one way or the other. So we are going to do our unpopular rugby league opinions. Now... This has got the potential to go either completely bonkers for the rest of the show or it's going to go, well, one way or the other. So I've got a feeling that one person in the, out of us three may have some very good ones. No offence to the other person. So, Jordan, we'll start with you here because I've got a feeling Wait. your first one could cause chaos. Maybe. So rather than rather than read them out as a list of five, how about we go around, do one each, and then, and then follow around if you want to do that? If you want to do that, you are yes. more than welcome, Chief. So, so for mine, I've, it's too easy when you're playing this sort of game to just go, oh, well, so-and-so who plays for Wigan's crap. But you know, no, I've, I've tried, to stay, no, I've tried to stay away from that. So I've, I've tried to make it about like rugby league moments or things that you know that people think that I disagree with. So my first one is, I actually miss Eddie and steve Ah, OK. Right. Just throwing out there. I, don't know. I get that. Yeah, because with that, you miss steve all these like, certain lines that he does every week every day and Eddie who well you could never decide if he loved Warrington or Wigan or Saints yeah I get that just the, the, like the, the, the sort of unique style he had and you know the, and the massive moments that they, they commentated on and I do sort of miss them to be honest but then again I would listen to Matt Hancock on loop before Phil Clark so maybe that's just clouded my judgment a little bit but um, do you know what yeah, I, yeah, I just I just miss their all, all around weirdness really the stuff they used to come out with and that and um, I, I don't know whether I missed them both as much as Ray French because he, he was he was my favourite. But um, yeah, I, I do think the Super League's a lot less um, sort of like noticeable without them. If you know what I mean, like if you turned like tuned into the game as a complete neutral, you would recognise their voices. I think before you would yeah. anything else. Definitely, Miss Steve. Yeah, I I mean I agree, I agree, Jordan. I mean you you've got to look at you know Eddie and Steve, and I, I think they're a brilliant pairing when you look back on it. I think maybe towards the back end of them being on Sky Sports, you felt it was, you know, their time to leave. But I think what I miss with Eddie and Steve, I miss uh, Boots and all, you know, having the the programme midweek, you know, like the the highlights from the previous week and the reviews, that type of magazine type show. And I, I think uh, Rugby AM's now finished yet as well. So yeah. we, we don't really have that sort of Rugby League programme during the week that we can watch. Um, but yeah, I'd, you know, I'd love to have something like Boots and all back. Yeah. You mentioned uh, Rugby AM there. The guys from Rugby AM have actually started their own uh, Rugby League podcast. I'd just like to give them a shout out, actually, if, I, if, if that's all right, because I listened to the one um, the one that they've done with Luke Gale and Brad Dwyer yesterday. And it, yeah, it's brilliant. It's well worth a listen. Ryan Oz fans, it's, you know, some of the stories that they've, they've both got are really, really good. So yeah, I, would, I think it's called uh, CIK Rugby, something about something like that. So yeah, go out of your way to listen to it. It's a really good listen. We'll happily help out our friends in other rugby league podcasts because let's be honest, you know, we need to help everybody out in this sport, don't we? Um, yeah, I must admit, the best bit of boots and all had to be the uh, bit where uh, Steve O got pecked in the ear by Ostrich. Do you remember that? <laughs> Which, I mean, let's be yeah, honest, I'm one of the best rugby league moments of all time. Yeah, it ranks, that ranks just above where Angela Powers went to Wakefield to see if they had nice burgers. God bless Angela Powers. What a lovely woman. Anyway, Patrick, right. Fire away. Your first one. Um, well, I mean, to be honest, I don't really have a list like Jordan, to be fair. So I'll, I'll kind of let Jordan go on a bit of a rant later on. Um, I, I mean, I, I think because I haven't really been on here for a while, I think since back in the last year, I mean, one thing I do want to say is what I don't agree with, but I'll bring it up anyway because I think it'll divide opinion from people. Um, personally, I don't agree with the way that Toronto have been shred and kicking them out. Um, 
you know, and bringing lease insurance in, Wigan 2.0, I just think it's a backward step for the sport. Um, I just think it's a wasted opportunity. Absolutely. Is. You look how much, how, much, how much the sporting industry is worth in Toronto every single year. If they, if they got 1% of that market, it would probably be worth more than what the other clubs get on their own. Yeah, I mean, it's... Unbelievable, isn't it? They've, you know, they've, they've kicked them out because of the uncertainty of obviously how they are struggling financially. But am I right in thinking we've had lease insurance for four years ago? They were capping and asking for players from Super League. Yeah. So and the another the there was an excuse I was put forward that um, oh Toronto had got too many sporting clubs in the city. Yeah, and they were already making ground roads in the city. They were getting people in. What was a problem? I don't get it. We, from a club who basically, let's be honest, how many people in Canada knew about rugby league until Toronto came along? And then their last game they were playing over there, they were, it was packed and it was full. And you're thinking, you've just missed out. They were getting crowds that were beating some of the Heartland team's crowds. No offence to them. but And you're just thinking, what are you doing? I mean, surely, me personally, sorry, I'm going on a rant here. I do apologise. No, do it. Do it. If Go I was on. in charge of <laughs> if I was the if I was if I was in charge of the RFL, I'd have been looking for investors or somebody. I know they probably were anyway, but just to take on in Toronto because it's a stepping stone. If you keep that going, imagine how much more money and sponsors and everybody coming in would have done. But no, oh we've got debt, oh the club had had a debt, oh let's get rid of them, sack them off. It shows lack of ambition from our sport and it's so heartbreaking. We could well, have made more. What other sports in the world where would such an important decision be made by the clubs voting on their, based on their own vested interests? It's absolutely baffling. And that's it. That's another point. Who's interest? Yeah, the club's interest. And why? Because won't get an away fans coming in from Toronto. And they'd have to pay to go over there. Oh, yeah, it's too much. Yeah, but I'm not being funny, but how much money could they get with sponsors and TV? And if, you, if they'd have changed the view from that way to looking to that way, we could have loads of money in sport by now. There was, there was so much potential for Toronto Wolfpack. I mean, they, they were on the front page of ESPN's website at one point. You know, they're making making national news. Um, you know, it's just it, it just baffles me. I mean, I mean, I was reading the other day. Apparently, they they still exist. I think there was a quote from Brian yeah. McDermott saying they're, they're looking at making some sort of revival, but when or in what capacity, who knows? But um, yeah, I'm just I'm just baffled by it. I just don't get why. We've done well. They've done what they've done. Um, I kind of feel like we should have looked after them a little bit, like we had with Catalan a few years ago when they were first in the league. And I know it's a little bit of a different situation, but we should have given them maybe um, you know a couple of years or so of exemption from relegation. The thing is, they've they've struggled off the back of a global pandemic. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So how how can you how can you plan for something like that over the year? I mean, in, in hindsight, when they've backed out Super League at the time, everyone were up in arms saying, oh, it's ridiculous, it's a joke for competition. But when you look on it, um, I mean, for the right right reasons anyway, but how many teams due to COVID, you know, due to COVID reasons had to pull out of the game? So Toronto, in, in looking back on it, did the right thing? It's Yeah, it's going to be one of these, which I, I can say probably 10 years' time will all be like, what on earth did we do that for? You know, it is one of those, isn't it? it? It really is a situation which we'll all regret as a sport because I, I don't get it. But anyway, right. Mine's a little bit, one of mine is a bit controversial. I would love to see lineouts in rugby league just to see how they work. Oof. So from left field, that one, Laurie, go on and explain your, um, explain right. your thought process there. Right, okay. So, obviously, we've been debating having scrums and stuff in the game, you know, coming back, which we've seen from Super League. I didn't think we missed them. I know players might say different. I thought it actually looked better the game. Now, if the ball goes out of play, a line-out, your player could either do a quick line-out out doing union or wait. But then again, if you wait, you run the risk of losing it in a line-out. So, that as it sounds, what, it could be an idea. It's just an option I thought could be quite good. Let's be honest, we're a quick sport. No offence to our cousins who played a 15-man code. They approach it slightly different. Why, why couldn't we try it? Sam Walters will be starting every week when they do. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know what you boys think. I just thought it, it could be an interesting idea to see on a rugby league game, you know, see how it would work. Because if a ball goes out, 
you know, some may take it to Breva, but you could see it as maybe trying to gain a possession quicker, get a line maybe, out. Maybe, Loz, we should trial it with uh, one of those, like, rugby union slash rugby league games. Do you remember when they did them back in the day? Wigan, the, uh, the Wigan and Bath games, yeah. Wigan did and you, Bath. Did you see them when they, um, Sky had um, broadcast them, like, during the first lockdown? It was so yeah, weird. Yeah, like like the um, league game, poor Bath, they got absolutely demolished. But when it came to the Union game, I mean, Wigan got beat, but you looked at how the rugby league lads approached it and you could see that they, they knew what they were doing, but the, the, the game styles were totally different. I think it'd be, it'd be totally different nowadays. But yeah, it was so interesting to see like Bath played league. I mean, they were, the tackling were taking so long. Um, they couldn't keep up with the pace. It was just, yeah, it was quite intriguing. But I don't know. It's just an idea. It's an opinion, it's an idea. This is um, that's why we're doing a popular rugby I, league opinion. I wouldn't want to see it. Um, <laughs> I think we want to try to distinguish ourselves away from rugby union as possible because apparently there's only one rugby in uh, in England. So, George, what's your second? Right, so wide to west is no longer in the top three best Super League moments. Mm. Right, so let me guess, right? The top three moments. Mm -hmm. I'll have a guess. Ryan Hall. Third. Last year's Super League Grand Final. Top. Oh, what's your say? Okay. okay. The million pound game. Mm. Mm. Okay. So, you know, in terms... So, like, obviously, the Ryan okay. Hall one to win the League Leader's Shield, just everything... The, like, don't get me wrong, it was an amazing moment was wide to West, but you've, seen, you've got the Ryan Hall one, everything that went alongside that with that ridiculous helicopter that kept spinning around on the M62, just completely <laughs> over the top. Your million pound game, which was just, you know, people's jobs on the line and the, the finish was just like unlike something that we've, we've probably ever seen. You know, was it two tries in the last minute and then a drop goal in extra time? Yeah. Absolutely crackers. And then obviously this year's Super League Grand Final, which I don't think is probably ever going to be topped, is it? Let's be honest. How do you win a grand final after the Hooter? I must admit, when the um, the grand final, when they when Saints won it, I I did go slightly bonkers. And then I thought to myself, why am I celebrating? And then I suddenly thought, I've just seen one of the best rugby league moments that's we will ever see in this country. And then suddenly thought, wonder if people did that for the Ryan Hall moment or were they just like lucky leads, you know? It was those, <laughs> wasn't it, where you could decide. But so, yeah, yeah. sorry, Saints fans, you're fourth now. Do apologize. <laughs> It was relegated. To be, to be fair, yeah. it, it, it was such a top crazy moment just to um, just to cap off COVID twenty twenty Super League. Yeah, because you will. I mean, we mentioned it last week about last season, and I, I know we kind of did go into a bit depth last, but in a weird way, the games that were put on last year were actually quite good. I mean, the fact that Sky showed pretty much most, pretty much every game nearly, and some of the games were really good when you look back. Oh, that um, in the situations of what everyone found themselves in, they did well. You can't that comeback against Huddersfield 27 26, amazing 12 minutes of chaos. Yeah. yeah, that was the maddest way to restart Super League, I think, for later. Um, I yeah, that's a good one. I like that job. That's an intriguing one because White to West now, probably. Well, yeah, they, I think that might be fourth place. We'll put that on the poll later, actually. I might, yeah. Yeah, we'll do that. We'll get our side out. Any more, Chris? Uh, I can't think of all. Um, I don't know. Just Fev's a decent away game uh, pre season. <laughs> That's it. I, I, I've got a list. I've, I've kind of got more of an idea for Magic Weekend, like you mentioned earlier. You weren't, you weren't prepared, were you, Chris? Because you weren't on last week. I know. Well, that's, well, that's I'll let you watch it. <laughs> right, well, I got one I put out on our account. And it goes I'm trying to think where this is going after your last one, mate. I tell you. Bellevue is actually a decent ground. Okay, so it's got character, right? It's... Because it's a proper rugby league ground, isn't it? Let's face it. If you think about it, yeah, okay, it might be crumbling, but it, if you consider it, like I mean, to be fair, you can probably put um, Walden Road into this. It's a proper rugby league ground. And don't you think now we'll get to the point where stadiums now are just a bit almost plastic, are they, if you think about it? I mean, some of these new ones, I mean, you can look at Saints ground. Yeah, it has an atmosphere, but it's nothing like Nosley Road. Wigan, it's not going to be like Central Park. 
um, Aliwal Jones never going to be like Wilderspool. It's it's almost like that we these sort of grounds we kind of yes they are probably a safety hazard, but they are actually our proper rugby league heritage, aren't they? They are. That's why I'm so chuffed with what they've done to ours to do it up. Like I'd be absolutely mortified if we moved to one of them Lego stadiums like Brentford's, for example. The new, <laughs> you, you, no, just. I, I know what you're saying, Laws. Like, it'd be a shame if the, if they moved into one of them, like out yeah. on a retail park somewhere, middle of nowhere. It wouldn't be it wouldn't be the same, would it? And I think part of the charge. reason I like that, I like that away days. You could just have a walk up and stop in the pubs, and, and there's yeah, quite a few a lot decent of these ones. Are out of town, are they down? And it's a bit like you can't really plan on going anywhere or doing anything like you know, for like Wakefield, you drinks in the city centre. Then there, I mean, I know they have got plans. Oh, they're all looking at doing a stadium near to the city centre, a bit closer, but the other side, but. I think they're just going to develop Bellevue out there, I think. Yeah. But even then, it's going to, it's a bit like, it'll lose its charm. You know, those Benidorm flats will get knocked down behind sticks, sort of thing. So I don't know. Maybe that's me again. But I, um, I, don't, I don't hate going. Like you say, I think it's a good it's a good afternoon out. You've, you've got um, town centre, you know, probably about 10, 15 minutes away. It's a decent, it's a decent trek out. But yeah, I'd rather they stay there and modernise it a little bit more update the facilities rather than like you say go to like a, a soulless plastic stadium with no atmosphere um going back to like the old grounds i mean for me northley road there'll, there'll be nothing like it that that for me would just be the place to go a few years ago best away day one of the best away days jordan i'm looking at you my friend have you got any more to give out yeah so i've, I've got i've done my full five you know a good, a good podcaster always has their full list prepared look Oh, I've got but, mine, uh, don't worry, mate. We've got mine. Well, I've got the, so uh, I've got my third one is a, it's a rugby league opinion that involves the Rhinos, but not from our fans' side of things, if okay. other teams, and it really winds me up. So, Castleford would not have won the 2017 Grand Final, even had Hardacre played. But people seem to be of the opinion that him not playing cost, cost a game, but if you watch it back, we were in total you domination. We played the conditions perfectly. Maguire probably, apart from Burroughs that year, was the you know the, the probably the best performance by a player ever in a grand final. You know, they wouldn't have beaten us even if he played. I thought we just played the conditions perfectly. I agree. I think them two probably it was the fact that it was their last games in the league shirt. They wanted it more than what casted without sounding horrible to cast, hmm. and even without Pico, I just think they wilted under the pressure of the grand final. That's my personal opinion. Yeah, it, it, for me, it was the lack of uh, final experience. You know, Leeds just kind of strolled up as though it was just any other, any other game. Castleford, it's their first final in in several years. Um, you know, we, we've been there, done that, bought the T-shirt, you know. Um, it kind of reminded me of, uh, a bit of 2015, like Jordan said. You know, you've, you've got players that are leaving the club, retiring. It's that motivation. You've got the, the younger players there that don't want to let down for Burrow, Maguire. You know, Maguire that night had his best game for Leeds. Um, yeah, I, agree. Oh, I, I don't think it would have made much difference. The only thing that would have changed is the fans' focus would have been on uh, Hardick a little bit from the lead side, giving him a little bit of grief, trying to put him off. That could have maybe motivated him to play well against us, but I, I don't think it would have changed much. There were a couple of key moments that Eden was involved in in that game because uh, well, when he got moved to fullback, and I think it was him that put the kick down, wasn't it? When um, was it Maguire scored? Yeah, put the kick I up right at the was. start of the second half, and it was only seven nil. But the kick was that good. Hardacre would probably have dropped it anyway with the weather and, and things as it, as it was, you know. So whilst it will have had an effect on Cass and, you know, and the players and their, their energy levels on the day and stuff, I don't think it was a be-all and end-all of the reason we won the game. I thought we were, like, the perfect performance in a grand final for us, I think. It was, a, yeah, I mean, let's be honest, I don't think one player can make a team, but one player can have an impact on the team, as daft as it sounds. And I think in the situation that we did on that grand final, I think the fact that there were two players who were determined to win on their last game for the club, I think that shone a light. In, if you think of all the other players as well, there, I mean, Watkins had a good game, if I remember right, in that game. There were, you know, it was literally the team went for it, didn't they? And I think Cast just didn't know what to do against us that night. It was mad that, wasn't it? When you think back now, early in the season, we got, was it 72 put on as a cast? I'm not yeah, sure. 66. After the game, Brian McDermott went on in his usual charismatic manner and was, um, yeah, we're, we're, you know, we're not far off. They're just a good side. We're not, we're not a million miles away. And I, I've genuinely nearly tried to get him sectioned. <laughs> but it's unbelievable how it worked out in the end. 
they were all swings and roundabouts, my friend. Right, we did get some, um, we got some tweets and stuff from uh, people um, on this subject of, uh, you know, unpopular rugby league opinions. Uh, cameraman Patterson on Twitter said, um, Leeds Rhinos 2007 to 2019 were the best Super League team ever, better than all three travel winning sides and the 2004 Rhinos side. Oh, that's a big statement. Big shout, isn't it? Big statement. I, do you know what, right? I looked at that and at first I thought, don't be stupid, mate. Don't be stupid. No offence to Cameron. But now I think about it, it's a good question, that, because 2014, if you think about it, was brilliant and there were some big bruises in that team. I know if you compare it to 2007, then you start looking, don't you? And you think, oh, okay, that 2007 squad had pace, had a lot of power. Thinking back, right, the 2007-9 team, have we ever had a time in our history where we've had players such as Danny Baderas and Brent Webb, like real top, top world-class, like luxury players, really, because we fetched Baderas in and we didn't really need him because Diskin was doing a really good job. Well, that was 2011, like, though. Yeah, but oh, well, towards the, yeah, but it's all around that sort of period, yeah. isn't it, when, you know, when, we, Sorry, when we had those really good sides and, yeah, he might have a... He might have a shout, to be honest. For me, the 2004 team was just untouchable. The, the, the rugby they played over the course of that season was just... The, the, night, we, the night we put 70 on St. Ellen's. And I mean, Sounds they had a few missing on the night, but it was just unbelievable, some of the rugby league they played that night. And I think the, the 2015 season, whilst that was... Obviously, we won the treble, so it's one of our best ever seasons. There was lads in that team that wouldn't have went anywhere near the squad in 2000 and around 2007, around that time. And the 2015, you've got to look at, towards that end of that campaign, from winning at Wembley to Huddersfield night, they didn't win that many games. In fact, they were really up against it. Players were getting injured. Burrow were, I think Burrow were injured one straight after. I think it was a game after the um, Champions Cup finally got injured. They only came really back the Huddersfield game. There was quite a few bits that, we didn't play our best. It was only because we got ourselves into that much of a, a thing of we have to win everything for these lads. So we did it, didn't we, I suspect. Although yeah, it definitely, gave, it definitely gave them an extra 20%. But I mean, looking at... The, the lad on Twitter might have a point because you know, it sounds daft because he scored the win and trying that, but would would Josh Walters and Jimmy Kynos have got in our 2017? No chance. They might, no, you know, they, might have, anyway. they might have filled the Simon Worrell role and played maybe six or seven games throughout the year, but there's not a chance that they, they would have made it into final squad. Um, Nigel Moss on Twitter said, um, this is something that annoys me. Hardly any player the balls are correct as per the past. Well, then randomly there is a penalty for not playing the ball correctly. Why is that? I would tweet Chris Kendall and find out, see if he knows. Probably it's an interesting guess. one, isn't it? Opinions. I mean, I I replied selective officiating. No offence to the referees that may watch it, but it is to a certain extent. It's a bit. Oh, well, have you, have you, did you see how we're three that got nominated for the the sort of world world squad, basically? Yeah. Can't wait for the World Cup. It's gonna be interesting to see how that happens, isn't it? To be fair. Um, also, as well. Um, he also added, and props being loose forwards. Now, that's an interesting one. Props. Why are props suddenly becoming, trying to be every other player than a prop? Because if you think about it, there's been quite a few who've done that recently. You'll see props kicking. That's against the rule books. You can't have a prop kicking. I mean, I'm not being funny. I know it might be showing my age here, but props. You, you drive it balling, getting banged around. You should You've got a lot of what the roosters who kicks goals. Yeah, that's, that's blasphemy that for a yeah, prop forward. You can't be right, in fact, That's another opinion. Any prop, right? I, I know Reese Martin is a second rower and looks forward to kicks. Yeah. But I'm sorry, but forwards kicking for me, it's wrong. It's you know what memories of? I always think back to uh, Paul Anderson against us. Oh. And we were that getting, seriously wound me up, that. That is we seriously wound me up. We were getting absolutely taunts 2006, round about that time. I think we, we were down by like yeah, four points and the thought, you know what, we'll just give it to Paul Anderson out on the side. It, it's just slotted it straight over. That, for me, that was just like rubbing the, uh, rubbing salt into the wounds. But going back to the point that you make a lot about like your loose forwards and your props, it's just the way the game's evolving at the moment. Like you, yeah. you, you, you loose forward is, it's no longer a ball handler. It, you know, no. it, it's very, it's very much your, um, 
you know, like a, an extra prop, like you know, like your Luke Thompson type of player. But then that's it's the same across the park, though. So your, your fullback now is just an extra halfback. So right, this is I know I knew the show. I know tonight's podcast will go even more bizarre. Right. So what is a loose forward nowadays? But if I get if you have it's it's your Paul Gallon type for me. So I've always seen it. Maybe this is made like. Yeah, you kind of you need a. I always saw it as like I grew up as a kid as they being like the guy who would take the ball in, but always operate in like a square angle between the rugby posts. I don't know. That's how I got brought up with loose forward. Anyway, second rowers they were the slightly fitter forwards who could run a bit more, take the ball in a bit more, last a bit longer up pitch. Props they did all dirty work, smash bang tackle. Maybe like, and now it's just completely all the rules are gone out of the rule book, isn't it? I think it's just because like rugby league players now are complete athletes compared to what they were as well. So they're so much more versatile than what they were back in the day. I mean, you find a second row in Super League that couldn't easy jump in centre. So it's just which way which way the game's gone really now. And let's be honest, how many second row, how many centres could play second row now? Oh Lord. Lord. It's, it's a weird one, isn't it? That's why it's changing. Right. Um Matt Horton who has been on the show before. He asked, 23 games is better than 27. Yeah. We've had this earlier on in the show. We've talked Very about this. What we're saying, yeah. We need to, 23 uh, games is so much better. It is. Like we say, we, you've, you've got the league season, you've got your playoffs. I mean, we've got to bear in mind we've got a World Cup coming up as well. For me, it's the it's the overkill of seeing the whole derby, Wigan Saints. If you see that game too many times, I lose. For me, I lose the interest in that. I, I think we need to go back to the home and away. You just just play each other. You know, go back to say playing twenty two games, twenty three, and it's done. Yeah, home and away to play it because in theory, teams are going to get an advantage. Out, well, have an advantage because they're going to end up playing teams who might. Might have a weaker thing and end up, yeah. You, sorry, I'm going on a rant there, but yeah, you're right. It's a good point. We need to have the game struck or the season structured where I think home and away, and then I don't know. Magic, how would you pick Magic Weekend? Right, because I've got an idea, boys. This is my oh, idea. Here we go. Right, Friday night, Magic Weekend. It's a free ticket event in the stadium. There's a stage set up where we could have bands on, and then maybe eight o'clock, somebody comes up and does a draw and that draw is for who plays who that weekend. Can it be Rod Stewart that does a draw? Yes. Now, that would be price. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How good would that be? you don't know what be? we're talking about, put it on YouTube. Yeah. Well, cut Rod Stewart, cut, I did that the other day, actually. It's genius. Um, it, it's one of those which I think would work, maybe. I don't know. I mean, Magic Weekend. Have you got any opinions on Magic Weekend? What, 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 what about it? <laughs> well, no, but like an unpopular opinion on Magic Weekend, like how would you change it or is there anything that you'd do differently? No? Okay. Yeah, I would put more thought into more thought into who's fancy with who so that there's not a fight every year. That would be good. Leeds and Hull, yeah. Yeah, every single time Leeds and Hull in the same stand. What could go wrong? Oh. Yeah. Uh, what, I, what I'd like to see, like fancy booking, and I know there's going to be flaws to it, but sod it anyway, it's my idea, I'm going to stick with it. I'd love to see the Magic Weekend on the last round of Super League. Oh, okay. Yeah, so basically, you buy your ticket, you're going to see the league leaders crowned, potentially see team feeling um, a playoff fixture, but also, added bonus, you're going you to see, see somebody get relegated. Yes. So could you imagine if, say, Hull potentially could get relegated, the amount of Hull FC fans that want to buy tickets? I think it'd tell out. I think it'd be brilliant. The interesting thing is, the only worry with that is it, it all ends up getting completed like two or three rounds before. And that's why I mean, you could do it where it's two or three rounds before, maybe. I don't know. Imagine if you went up to Newcastle and we, we knew we were finishing sixth and we were playing Wakefield. We'd just stop in the pub. <laughs> It would be, an, it would just be a weekend away, wouldn't it? Without yeah. any rugby league, uh, yeah. It probably, in fact, it's probably better to have it May, maybe May June time. Um, let's have a look. Um, oh, this was the best one from Nathan Driscoll on Twitter. 
anyone suggesting Yorkshire versus Lancashire as a viable alternative to an origin should be fired out of the cannon into the sea. This is both my controversial opinion and a suggestion as to what you should do to people responding with this idea. Now, I guess, like, well, as a, as, as a Cumbrian, I agree. Very racist. We want to get involved as well. <laughs> it's a brilliant one, that. I generally, I, I laughed at that when I saw it. I thought, yeah, that's quite funny, that. And don't get me wrong, it'll never, we can... We could never have that intensity with it because we haven't had that many years playing it. Or when we did, we stopped instantly. If we'd have carried on, maybe we'd have built it up. But there's just, it won't work for me. I don't know. Nope, agreed. That's no, a good I opinion. Agree. I think, I, I, didn't, I didn't mind going to the games back in the day, but it's, it's been so long now since the last one. I, I don't think anyone would really be, uh, really be that interested in it. No, it... it to me, it seems a bit of a waste of time, personally. I don't know. That might get changed. I don't know. Um, let's have a look. Uh, oh, um, Sarah Bowman says, scrap loop fixtures. We all agree, scrap loop. Yeah, loop, loop yeah, yeah, In fact, loop yeah, fixtures yeah. seem to be the only thing, really, doesn't it? It seems to be pretty much. Um, yeah, I can't... I've got no more suggestions from anybody else, I'm afraid, guys. It's not. Um, yeah. So, in theory, there's quite a few rugby league opinions. And also... I've got one more to add to the thing before this. Can we change the focus on instead of domestic to international? I think our sport would be so much better if we change from constantly focusing on Super League and NRL. Why don't we focus on the international aspect? Because we get our money from Sky, isn't it? And you know, I understand it. They've got to be be seen to be, you know, ramming Super League down your throat, don't they? You know, like, oh, this is the best Super League ever. Every year they say that, don't they? It's getting better and better. Yeah. People can see the reality of it, can't they? But that's what that, you know. That, that's which way which way it's going. How they're going to promote this year is that could be the interesting one, actually, couldn't it? I mean, you know, we have all the big promo videos like the NRL do every year. Ours, what's ours going to be? Be like an empty stadium and go, we're back. Yeah. Sky Sports, the only way you'll get to watch it. <laughs> you can just imagine that being a promo, can't you? Like somebody, you know, Luke Gale stood at Edinburgh going, "Yeah, this is how you." John Wells shouting like he's in a phone book. It, do you know what the, the advert for it, it can't be as bad as the uh, the one with the Brownlee brothers a few years ago? I'm trying to remember that do one. You, do you remember that one? Yeah, it was just one of them going for a run, wasn't it? And they, they... Oh, yeah. It, it, it was just really random, wasn't it? The, what was that one where, um, one the one with uh, Tompkins and um, Figgy? Um, Bradley, Bradley Wiggins. Bradley Wiggins, yeah. They were, yeah. They were all right. He, he, he drove his bike past one of them store-bought lorries. Oh, God. Oh, now, talking of which, should we even go to Stobart, Lorries? Oh, I mean, let's be honest, is that the worst? Right, talking of which, this is my final oh, one. This is going. Sponsorship deals, right? <laughs> Seriously, how many bad sponsorship deals has our sport had over the last God knows how many years? I don't know what you're so, on about. That pizza that Tomkins put on Twitter looked bloody lovely, and I wouldn't have it said otherwise. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear God, no. Just Papa John's, what? yeah, we'll give you a free pizza. Tuna. You'll take what you're given. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, what, what would you rather prefer, a pizza or a little toy lorry that they were giving out back in the day for Eddie Stoke? The lorry looking at that pizza. <laughs> <laughs> are, we, are we talking pepperoni pizza? Uh, tuna on it. No, no, if, 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 go and try and find the picture that he put on Bobby Sands, wouldn't it, <laughs> No, I'll, I'll go with the lorry then. <laughs> Disgusting. But I've got another two lost just to finish off. We'll do these and then it'll be the end for tonight, Chief. Go on, roll them out. My last two. So, number four, the NRL's not always that entertaining. I'm going to say that and duck, right? Because don't get me wrong, the real top games, the Origins, the Grand Finals, you know, and pretty much two games a weekend. It's like watching a different sport to Super League, and I totally understand that. But you do get games where it's just set for set, trade set, kick, you know... Stick, stick in the arm wrestle and it's not always you know what people have it cracked up to be yeah yeah I get that I think the problem with NRL is it's it's one of those where it's very it is an intense league don't get me wrong but the intensity for me seems to grow as the season goes doesn't it and then it like obviously a lot of focus in the middle of the season is all on origin which you can tell like most of the players are focused on that. And then, obviously, when you get to about August time, playoffs are looming. So, it's a weird one, isn't it? I think the NRL, I, I'm a big NRL fan. I don't mind, I know where you're coming from. There has been blowout games. But I do think you get the same in Super League. I mean, 
don't get me wrong, I love I love watching the NRL, but the way that, that people talk over here, that's like the be-all and end-all of rugby league and anything that's not the NRL's crap, it's not necessarily the case. There's great games in Super League as well, just like there's poor games in the NRL from time to time. So, it, you know, more often than not, it's yeah. it's amazing and it is like watching a different sport, but it's not always like this thing, but it needs to be on a pedestal up there. You know, it, it, Super League has games that are just as entertaining. It's a good point. I, I don't, I'm not saying I agree with you. I do see your point because there, has been, there are games which I like. Yeah. I guess and me, so my last one, and you know me, I'm very much Mr. Positive, a glass, glass half full type of guy. Um, England can actually win the Rugby League World Cup. Yeah, I agree. I don't see why we can't. Hang on. You know, came within an ankle tap of winning. Well, no. no. Sorry. No, I know you guys were there. I know you oh, guys no. were there. But. <sighs> like we're, so we're likely to run into Tonga in the semi finals, right? And for me, we we could we can match them up the middle. I'm pretty you know they are they are excellent up the middle, but I reckon you know if the, the players we've got, if Sean Wayne's to really get into them and you know get them fired up, I think we can match them up the middle. Outside backs were probably the same, but they lack totally lack creativity for me. They haven't got a good six and seven who can you know unlock a defense. And for me, that's where we beat Tonga. Now, obviously, if you were to meet the Aussies in the final, I think we're better than they are up the middle. Certainly, don't think that, that we've anything to fear there. I think the the better in the outside backs than what we are, and, and just a little bit of creativity. But what I think is that Wayne might sort of let them play with a bit more freedom than Bennett did under that Richard structure. And I I just feel like during the World Cup final we were we had that much ball we could have won two or three games if he'd just been a little bit more expansive with it rather than what we were. We could have won the game, and I I just think if the same happens again under Sean Wayne and his style of coaching, I I, I genuinely think we could go close. So who would you pick as your halfbacks for England? Oh, it's hard to say at the moment, isn't it? But um, I mean, obviously, yeah, obviously we've still got season to go out. We really, yeah. But you've got George Williams, who who I've said before on the podcast for me is ne- he's never really, you know, stood out as top top class, but he's been he's been excellent, hasn't he, down in Australia? Oh, yeah, he really hasn't really, looked yeah, good. And it'd be somebody to go with him, really. And I think you know, if, if Luke Gale was to pick his form up from this season, he would be in with half a shout. You've got Johnny Lomax, who's been consistently good for, you know, like best part of four or five years now, who, who could stake a claim. And there's a variety of, of, of options there, isn't there? So it, I'm quite excited to see how they go under Sean Wayne. You know, I think we'll get under a few team skins, won't we, with some of the lads that we've got and his style of play and everything. It'll be, it should, should be good to watch. It should be a, like a very proud England team, actually. I'll read him the other day. He's, uh, he's bringing in John Terry. He's um, sort of working alongside him, isn't he? Yeah, he's going to put full, full strip on to lift the trophy, John Terry. Yeah. <laughs> well, as long as he's only doing that and he's not doing anything uh, anything untowards. Oh, it's a shame Brett Ferris isn't it, team anymore? They'd have got on well, them two. <laughs> Allegedly. I don't know what you're suggesting, Jordan. <laughs> no, I mean, I have no idea. Um, um, <laughs> <laughs> I was, it's been interesting on. one. No, I've got to say, moving swiftly on. Uh, yeah, I, the thing is, I think with England, I think it's very much a case of well, we've had that so many times before. Well, not many times, but we've said it. I mean, like the last World Cup, it was one of those where we were like, could we do it? Could we do that? And then to get that close, it almost makes you think, were we that good? Or, you know, what what would it take us to win that game, if that makes any sense? And just to be a bit a bit smarter on the day and build a bit more pressure and and just have a little little bit more like sort of cut an edge on the day really we you know, we were so so close we had we had enough ball to win the game but we didn't do enough with it and for me it's just unlocking that defence and just believing in yourself a bit more I think Bennett maybe stifled a few of the lads with a bit of, bit of creativity you know just play what you see go at the line you know the likes of George Williams and that then will be you know but. They, they could unlock the Aussies' defence by doing that. Yeah, I think as well with uh, Wayne is he will ins- he pr- will have a different like coaching vision, probably 180 degrees down the other way, completely different. I, I just got a feeling he'll play with more. He'll want the the team to play with more passion, won't he? I mean, it's as it sounds. If I were Wayne right now, I'd be thinking, can I get Jamie Peacock involved here, or you know, something to motivate the team? You know, get people in who had that passion with wearing. The England shirt. It could yeah. actually, we could win it. Hunt Let's be it. honest. If you if you if, like, neither of us, none of us are ever going to play for England, so we don't know what it's like. But I could presume he would want to run through a wall 
and it's only going to amplify with with Wayne as a coach, you would think, because he's a he's he's quite demotivated by all accounts. But it, I was reading in the week that he, he's been you know having like Zoom meetings with certain groups, so he's had all these back rowers on us on, on one meeting, much like we are now, and he shared videos of what he wants them to do. So even though they're not on the field together, they're sort of getting an idea of, of how they want to play. And by by all accounts, it's quite exciting. I have a few of the lads that have, that have been on them to take good things. So. I'm actually quite glad we've got a full-time coach as well, because that way we've got somebody who's 100% focused on that one job in hand, rather than being like, oh yeah, I'm going to coach Brisbane or going to coach Souths, you know, and oh, England might just be a, I might ring them up tomorrow, see if they're all right. He's going to be there watching games, you know, making notes, he will be there. And yeah. I kind of think that's going to be a good thing. And then that, that, that's how it really should be with an England coach. He needs to be watching the, the players week in, week out regularly, you know, picking players that are actually playing well on form and not just going with, say, just going with, like, reputation, going with names. But, yeah, I, I think Wayne will do a good job. He will. Well, you're saying there, Chris, is obviously we've done something like that because most Super League games have been on Sky, so we've been able to watch a lot more games and than, than what we probably would have done in previous seasons. And to me, it's really helped me, like, sort of see certain players, you know, like that I wouldn't have done had I seen them, you know, yeah. once every couple of weeks. Yeah. So somebody like Toby King, for example, right, who, from what it knew, you know, you'd watch him on Sky every couple of weeks and think, oh, yeah, he's not a bad player. But then actually, when you when you sit and watch all of Warrington's games on Sky, he's outstanding for them pretty much every week. And, a lot of graft. Yeah, so he's the type of player that, that you wouldn't notice, but probably in form should start in the centres for you. So... Yeah, hopefully he's getting out there and, and watching all them games. Well, we know he is because we've seen him on telly, so I'm jealous of him, to be honest. <laughs> Gets probably rather, won't we? Right. Anyway, gentlemen, it's been a pleasure. And uh, thank you very much, uh, Mr. Christopher Patrick. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Mr. The Legend himself from Cumbria, Mr. Jordan Walker. Same time next week, hello. I'd be rude not to, wouldn't it? Probably still um, be in lockdown, won't we? <laughs> yeah. And uh, from me, Solarly, goodbye. Thanks for listening and watching. Cheers, guys. See you Cheers, next guys. week. Bye-bye. Wow. <sighs>